podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Emphatic lovely. I like it. I can smell the tilt on fantasy Twitter these days where we are approaching the the meat of the heart uh, of the offseason. And I and I love it. We really are. We're basically I mean, it's almost August. Next week is a week from today is August. All right. And we like, can we can really start screaming at each other about players at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's gonna be really it's gonna be really intense on this podcast. I have I have one more thing trip I should say to do. I was in you know I mentioned I think last week I was in Maine and Boston. So yeah. I have one more trip. I have a bachelor party this weekend Unreal. in in Asheville, North Carolina. So it's close to Charlotte, which is nice. I somehow got all of my friends coming from New York, D.C., uh, Pittsburgh, just around the around you know the Northeast. To, to go to Asheville, North Carolina, which is two hours from where I live, which is very, very nice and convenient. That is, that's incredibly nice for you. And it also seems that you have a second career as a bachelor <laughs> party goer. Yeah. I mean, like I've been, it's true. I mean, like, I feel like since we started, but first off, I'm at the age where a lot of friends are getting married. So naturally there's a lot of bachelor parties happening. Okay. But do you remember, I mean, you remember last year I did the the back to back to back bachelor parties. Like my my insides yeah. were were probably dark purple by the end of oh, that. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you 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 lost several years off your life in that three week one hundred percent span, one hundred percent. But yeah, we're going to Asheville. If no one's ever been to Asheville before, super hipster and like you know good beer. We're just gonna have be in a cabin. It's gonna be one of those things. It's, oh, it, it should be. It should be a good time, Denny. That's, that sounds fantastic. Uh, 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 any anything in a cabin for me, it, it sounds sounds good, especially like a party in a cabin. I hope you guys just don't get you know butchered by a monster in the woods. But maybe that's just my it, uh, my viewing habit speaking. Thanks, Denny. Uh, I I have to say I am jealous not only for that but because I have never attended a bachelor party. This is like. This is blowing my mind right now. Yes, I've never Wait, been to one. So, so okay, but for your so for your bachelor party, what mm-hmm. did you do? I don't know if it, we've ever talked. Did we talk about this? We might have, but I don't care. We're gonna rehash it because it the might, listeners it, will probably want to hear it. Yeah, it might have been years ago that that. So for mine, yeah, and and by the way, I attended mine. So that that's one that's one thing I have okay, going yeah, for you've me. Okay, yeah, you've been to one. Uh, we we went uh, downtown to DC. We had uh, uh, some sort of fancy dinner. They got me super like dangerously drunk <laughs> then we went to uh some strip club in dc uh it was horribly awkward i i hated the i hated the entire experience of that but you know they made me do it so what what, what can you do what right you do? right right and, it's a bachelor party and my wife you know my wife uh hadn't left me yet because we weren't married yet <laughs> right. um but, uh, <laughs> but soon after and um uh so that was the one experience i had um and and but here's the thing, I don't have many guy friends, 
And yeah, I mean that that's what it comes down to then, right? The the and the few guy friends that I have didn't have bachelor parties. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. That, Very interesting. That's so I am I am deprived of this experience. It's possible that I'll never go to one because I don't have any guys in my life who but you know what my brother-in-law who's younger, if he ever gets married, I guess I might be invited to that one. Who knows? You would get invited to that. Now I wish <laughs> that I would have invited you to mine when I I went to Myrtle Beach whenever I I had my bachelor party a, few, a couple years ago. I, but yeah, well, don't worry. Listen, I I hardly cried about that at all. <laughs> the the thing with, with my, the reason I've been on a lot is because I have a group of high school buddies that were still very very tight, and that's actually one of the guys who's getting married in October. By the way, my buddy who's getting married in October, I hope he's listening to this. I know a couple of my buddies listen to this, but he might not be one of them. But he's getting married. On a Sunday in October. So thanks a lot, Bill. Uh, Appreciate it, buddy. That's thanks, so man. rough. Oh. Yeah, and it's in Pittsburgh, so I'm missing an NFL Sunday, and then I have to come back on Monday, and I'm, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a disaster. I'm never going to forgive him for this. Ever. You're going to be in the bathroom checking your phone so hard. Yes, yes, 1 million percent. But, um, you know, I have this group of uh, high school buddies. There's seven of us. And so all of us except for, well, three – are married um and one of them is getting married in october mm-hmm. and one of them is also hey hey joe i know you're listening to this you should probably propose so oh, so oh. more another bachelor party should should be coming out of it and then i have a couple you know i have some close friends in north carolina which is why i went last summer to a couple i don't know it's just it's just one of those things it just kind of fell into place and it's all happening at the same time so now literally everyone who listens to this podcast thinks that I, I do have a second job and it's just going to bed. Ba- People think that I'm a male stripper because I go to these bachelor parties. Hey, I can't I can't disprove that theory. I've tried. I can't. So <laughs> right. I, I I think if someone goes with that theory that you are actually a male stripper on the side, that they they're probably right at this point. The best. So I went. My my best friend got married. I was the best man back in in um in June. Okay, and it was a and he's gay. And it was my first gay bachelor party experience. That was easily the best time of my life. I, I would I would imagine so. I, I not even close. You told me about it. It sounded fantastic. And uh, yeah. I am again. You, you can't top me. that. You can't you can't top a party bus at a gay bachelor party. That was unbelievable. So much fun. Uh, getting back to you know uh, a, a wedding on a Sunday during NFL season which is just it actually just gives me like the sweats just talking about it but um when so if when you're in that situation does it ever uh hit you at at a point where you're like i can't keep up with what's happening like like trying to check your phone because it does me i i every time i think i'm gonna do it i'm gonna check the whole day on my phone at some point i give up and i say no you know what i can't I'm, i'm done with this yeah, I mean, I think that you eventually have to and realize that you're just going to absorb like like it's almost like absorbing just a little bit of the information while yeah. you're tracking what's going on in games is worse than absorbing none of it because you're you're only so I also go back I was at a wedding um back in I it was a January wedding and do you remember that game where Andrew Luck went ham against the Chiefs mm-hmm. in, the, in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I missed that game because oh. I was at I was at a wedding and the wedding didn't have any reception. So I didn't I didn't see see or know what was going on throughout that entire game and it was devastating. I mean it was very very difficult for me. And and, and like I, I go back to that feeling more than anything. Yeah. You know when when it's something that important, oh important to me because it's like a playoff game and it's a huge comeback that doesn't happen a lot. Like those are the those are the times where I get really really mad. Luckily this this 
wedding is at the end of October. It's the day before. I think Halloween's on a Monday, uh-huh. but it's the, it's like the day before. So like realistically, you know, it's the middle of the season. It's not like these games are crazy, crazy important at that point in time. So like it could be a lot worse, but you're right. I oh, yeah. I don't know if I can sit back and follow games on my phone. Not only that, but I need four extra batteries. Yeah, right? yeah, you kill the battery trying to keep up with everything. And 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 like you like you said, you you're getting little little bits of information. You know, right. dude caught a long pass and he's down on the sideline. And you're like, okay, well my week's over. And, and but right. but but then maybe you missed the tweet ten seconds later where it's like he had the wind knocked out of him. That, yeah, yeah, right, right. He happened. just had explosive diarrhea or something like that. <laughs> that you know that happens. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I, sometimes I think that just not do checking at all. If I'm like tied up on a Sunday, uh, would, would be best by the way, you know, who else went ham in that Colts chiefs game? Alex went ham in that game. He did. He did go ham. He had like he 30 fantasy points. Yeah, no, he did. You're right. Our boy, Alex, yeah. uh, speaking of Alex Smith and quarterback streamers, the episode today, we're actually going to have some content. That's not just questions driven. It's going to be driven by which quarterbacks you could target, there's three of them, that you can target in your fantasy drafts this season if your plan is to stream. Now, granted, we talk all the time to draft quarterbacks late who have good season-long outlooks that you can then just use week in and week out because they come weekly starters. Andy Dalton comes to mind. But we're talking even later in some cases mm-hmm. uh, than, than an Andy Dalton type because these guys have really, really nice early season schedules. A couple of them have good week one matchups. Uh, and then another one has a good first quarter schedule, really. Uh, and so the the point of the podcast is just to walk through those three guys that you can target if your plan is to play the white waiver wire each week. You don't feel tied to these specific quarterbacks, really. Uh, but they do have some upside, or at least two of them do in my eyes. Um, and so we'll, we'll give you those picks so that you can effectively stream the quarterback position. But before we do that, Denny, we have a sponsor for this part of the show. Why don't you talk about them? We are we we are sponsored. We do have a sponsor. Both of those <laughs> things are true. Um, so, uh, yes, our sponsor for this segment of the show is Apex Fantasy Leagues. You can find them at apexfantasyleagues.com. We've talked up that their format a lot. Uh, I wanted to touch on one thing that I kind of gave short shrift last time, which is um, the two game weeks that they have on Apex Fantasy Leagues. Um, I think we've all been in the position where we have a very high scoring fantasy team um, that, you know, either finishes you know, just inside the playoffs or sometimes misses our, our league playoffs completely, even though we've scored a ton of points. Nothing can be more aggravating. Nothing. So Apex uh, has found a way to counter uh, this, uh, I guess, uh, bad luck, rash of bad luck by offering two game weeks where uh, if you uh, uh, score more than the league average in a given week, you are given a win along with whatever the outcome of your game that uh, you, uh, whatever the outcome of your game that week was. So if I'm playing JJ and JJ beats me naturally, uh, <laughs> um, and JJ exceeds the average points in the in in our league, he gets two wins. Now, if I also uh, exceed that number, then I get one win. So I go one and one for the week. It's uh, a little less devastating, even though losing to JJ is always devastating. Um, <laughs> so uh, check them out uh, as soon as you can. I know the season is upon us. ApexFantasyLeagues.com. 
And our expert league is happening again for Apex. It'll be our fourth year with this league. It's one of my favorite leagues that we do each year, uh, partially because I am a one-time champion of the league. Um, <laughs> I did win it once. Um, no, but it's 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 easily my... I mean, it's such a crazy league, yeah. the, the way people draft in there, and it's really fun to follow. So check it out, Apex Fantasy Leagues. All right, Denny. I'm going to talk about the first guy that people can target. This guy of the three probably has the worst season long outlook, I would say, uh, because his name is Sam Bradford. <laughs> um, but the reason that you should target him is because in week one, he's playing against the Saints. Yeah. You know, I know that defensive metrics don't necessarily correlate super, super strongly year over year. You know, defenses one year are going to be a lot better or worse than defenses the next, you know, of the same team. But we kind of know that the Saints are pretty bad. Over the last three years, and this excludes uh, Week 17s in those three years because no one gives a crap about Week 17 fantasy football, we've seen 45 quarterbacks throw the ball 20 or more times against the Saints. That makes sense because we're talking 15 games Mm -hmm. times three seasons, 45 quarterbacks. The average fantasy points scored among those quarterbacks against the Saints, the average was 20.33 standard fantasy points. Wow. That's... That's what that's what Andrew Luck averaged last season. Andrew Luck being a top five quarterback, and only three of those forty five quarterbacks scored fewer than twelve fantasy points. So you basically have a pretty great floor for Sam Bradford, and the vast majority of those guys, sixty eight point six nine percent of those players, hit the sixteen point mark against the Saints defense. Minnesota again, they're playing the Saints in week one. They'll be at home in that game. Vegas already. I can't believe we're talking about Vegas in July. Like, I know this is so <laughs> pathetic. Why are we doing this podcast? I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the, it, do we have to, it's, it's important. I mean, you know, you have to analyze the week one matchups and the early season matchups. If you do plan on streaming, you don't want to take a late round quarterback. You know, I've done it before you, you take a late round quarterback and you have high hopes for him from a season long standpoint. And then he plays the Broncos in week one or something. You know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. why did I do this? Because he's not going to be usable. Um, but again, Bradford's playing the saints. Uh, they're three and a half point favorites with a pretty strong 48 point over under. So you have a potential positive game script in a relatively high scoring environment for a quarterback streaming option. And that my friends is a beautiful thing. So while I don't love Sam Bradford, season long i don't think that he's mm-hmm. going to be a qb1 at all i think he's going to be maybe a mid qb2 at best decent two quarterback option later in drafts i guess uh i don't mind him whatsoever against new orleans in week one i i i see that the the narrative on bradford is working overtime right now on social media which is the narrative is he is you know uh getting to learn the Minnesota offense. Now that he has a full season. I think yeah. he was traded five, six days before the season started last right. week, last year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he's, uh, he has a rapport with uh, Thielen and Diggs and all, and Rudolph, obviously who had a thousand targets last year. So uh, I see the narrative, at, but again, it's important to see, to see him as a matchup uh, play and please don't, uh, write us in week three saying, I thought you said Bradford was should be yeah. my quarterback. I mean, as much as we make fun of Alex Smith for, for not throwing yeah. the ball downfield and not being... I mean, Sam Bradford can throw the ball downfield. He just refuses to. It's just aggravating, right? Yeah, right. I, I mean, it could be... You know, I think that a lot has to do with the offensive line last year and, and, and so on. So that's why it's... it's a, it's a he, he is somewhat intriguing. You know, not, I, you know I, I don't think he has massive upside in that offense. I just don't think that offense has crazy crazy upside but his weapons are okay Kyle Rudolph Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen 
Michael Floyd. I'm just kidding. They're, 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 they're okay options. The offense, you know, if the line progresses, which I don't think it can get much worse. I think that he's in a good spot in week one. Yeah, definitely. All right, Danny, let's hear, let's hear yours. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a guy. You may have heard of him. His name is Tyrod Taylor. He also goes by Ty God and Ty Goat in some uh, corners yes. of this uh, uh, football Depen- world. Depends where you're located geographically. It, true, true. Uh, if you're on the uh, East Coast and the only legitimate time zone, you should call, call him Ty God, I think. Right, but right. Uh, he has a lot going for him in his week one matchup against the Jets uh, in Buffalo. Uh, JJ wrote, wrote up uh, how, how appealing uh, this uh, matchup is. Um, it, um, looking at the splits with and without Sammy Watkins, uh, who might be really good, uh, Tyrod with Watkins averages 1.59 touchdowns per game, which is a full, well, more than a half a touchdown more per game uh, than he manages without Watkins in the lineup. Um, he averages 19.1 fantasy points when uh, Sammy is in the lineup. And uh, maybe the best part here, the Bills are six and a half point favorites right now. I, I you know, that might change a little bit. Um, I, the Jets are, you know, not going to get much better than they are at the moment. Um, but in games where the Bills have been at least a one point, a one and a half point favorite, uh, Tyrod has averaged, Ty God, I'm sorry, has averaged 24.4 fantasy points per game in the, in the, in those contests. Uh, you know, I will say, and I should say that, um, that's a limited sample because Buffalo is bad and has been bad for some time and probably will be bad for some time. Yes. So, um, but it's good, good to know that he, he does, uh, uh, Ty, Ty God does really well, uh, through the air with, with positive game script at that, that um, average fantasy points per game uh, that I just mentioned uh, when they're, when they're favored, that doesn't include some crazy spike in rushing touchdowns or, or, or rushing yardage. Uh, so that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, with the jets, uh, they're going to probably be starting two rookies at safety. Uh, so you got inexperience in the secondary. I love the matchup for Ty God. I know that he's not necessarily as late as a guy like Bradford, but he's still going in like the mid QB two range right now. And in a lot of drafts, yeah. and if you're in a 10 teamer, 12 teamer casual league, uh, you're going to get him. You, you can wait literally forever to get a guy like Tyrod Taylor. So that's a big reason why you can target him uh, from a streaming perspective. The last dude that I want to mention is someone who I'm probably going to be targeting on 80% of my teams. Wow. I, I, I think that he's, the late round guy to get as much as I love Andy Dalton. Uh, and I think Andy Dalton has top five upside and uh, has shown that he has top five upside. Uh, and I love his touchdown uh, touchdown rate progression that should come this year and the new weapons he has. I love Carson Palmer. Uh, and the reason for that is not just because I think that Carson Palmer also has season long potential as he did two years ago when we, you know, I think we called that Denny. Pretty sure that we called Carson Palmer. Oh, no, a couple we years were ago. all over. We were all over Carson and we were, fading him at his ADP last year. Yeah. Yeah. So with Carson Palmer, we know that he's been a relevant fantasy quarterback in Bruce Arians offense uh, there in Arizona last season. You look at what he did from 2015, where he was a legitimate MVP candidate to 2016. He had in, in 2015, he had 2,897 air yards on completed catches. So 
I look at, you know, some people look at air yards in terms of just targets. So even if it's incomplete, they're going to add up those air yards to see how far he's throwing the ball. I'm looking strictly at the split between air yards versus yards after the catch, because it's just showing you basically how his yards per attempt is being brought up, right? And, and how it's coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2015, he led the league with 2,897 air yards on completed catches. Last season, it was still fourth most. He had 2,586 uh, air yards on completed passes. But the difference is in, 20, in 2015, he had 13 touchdowns on passes that went 15 or more yards down the field. Uh, that's mm. a fairly high number, but it's kind of in line with the amount of air yards that he had. So if you run quick regression analysis, you can just see, you know, 15 plus yard or 15 plus air yard touchdowns versus the amount of air yards someone has. It was right in line with what he should have done. Uh, but last season, he only had six touchdowns on those kind of throws. That's a seven touchdown difference. And if you do the regression analysis, he should have had 3.8 more touchdowns on those throws based on his air yards profile. And now you're thinking about Carson Palmer last season. And naturally you say, oh, there was a sort of a carousel, like a rotation with who he was throwing to. You know, Michael Floyd had his issues. He was in and out of the lineup. John Brown with that sickle cell trait in and out of the lineup. John Brown is apparently healthy. John Brown last year, he's one of my favorite values because last year he had only 0.03 yards, air yards per catch uh, lower from 2015 to 2016, but his yards after the catch per catch was almost two yards difference. I mean, he, wow. he had a significant difference, a, a significant, di- significantly different uh, yards after the catch profile. And, and to me, mm-hmm. that screams because he was injured, right? So with Carson Palmer, uh, I do think that he has this season-long potential because of these the, the air yards numbers, the air yard numbers that I'm citing, but also the schedule because that's what streaming matters. It matters with the schedule. He gets the Lions in Week One plus matchup, the Colts in mm-hmm. Week Two a very plus matchup, the Cowboys in Week Three who could be more pass heavy. Who you know they were a, a middle of the road matchup last season. I think they'll be an easier one this year. And then the 49ers in Week Four. So legitimately, the first four weeks of your season, you could just be plugging and playing Carson Palmer, and not having to worry about the way waiver wire whatsoever and that my friends is why i love carson palmer yeah i'm getting a lot of them too uh i I actually am ending up kind of by default i'm ending up with uh, palmer and john brown in a lot of leagues i i'm it it looks like i'm trying to stack them but it's what's happening i don't know yeah i i I love Uh, i love them both yeah it's uh, john brown uh i read today what, has he gained muscle or lost weight? I forget which one it was, but people were acting like it's good. So I'll go with that. Yeah, I mean, there's some positive positive stuff coming out. I know I saw one report last week that said that they're still a little bit nervous about his sickle cell trait, which mm. I think that's just a natural reaction for beat writers to say because it's something that, you know, you don't know. I, I would assume they don't know how he's going to react fully. Uh, but if John Brown is, is completely healthy, not only is he a massive steal, but he's going to help Carson Palmer out a lot. By the way, the, the blurb on Marshawn today that he might not see 200 uh, carries, uh, that that that's the beginning of him falling to a point where I'm like, uh, I got to take him now. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that I got enough DeAndre Washington stuff out there on podcasts before before the report happened. Makes me feel yeah. good. Makes me feel good about that. Definitely. So that's the recap. It's just Sam Bradford, Tyrod Taylor, and Carson Palmer. I know the content isn't that fulfilling, but look, we're easing into things, guys. Yeah, it's still July. Everybody relax. Yeah, relax. All right, Danny, we're going to get to the questions that are on Twitter. But before we do that, we have one more sponsor to talk about. 
we do have another sponsor. It's a great sponsor. It's a sponsor on who on whose website I've spent a lot of time. It's playdraft.com. Uh, I am uh, doing at least one draft per day on playdraft.com. Uh, and you can also uh, draft on your app. Uh, it, it do a keyword search uh, for just the word draft, and it'll pop up. Uh, very easy. So uh, here's how it works. You sign up for a 12-team uh, long draft, which uh, has an hour, uh, ha- I'm sorry, has an eight-hour clock, or a 10-team draft with a 27-second clock. I think it's supposed to be 30 seconds. I see it as 27. Maybe I've lost my mind. Um, and I think that that's really good practice for people who kind of fold under the time crunch, you know, understandably so, uh, come your August draft. So uh, uh, sign up today um, and go to playdraft.com backslash, backslash stream and uh, play against me. Uh, trash talk me, man. I mean, I, I'm, get, I'm getting it left and right uh, when, I, when, I, when I play these these leagues and it's it's fun stuff and i'm hardly ever mad online so check it out playdraft.com backslash stream all right danny this first question comes from at j underscore m underscore coop says can denifer love harder give us some movie takes top five i need some movie takes from you denny all right now now i want to say these this is yeah this is my personal uh uh top five just so everyone knows this is not like what I think that the top five movies of all time are. Okay. So, and, and this is in no particular order. So I'm just going to say it. The haters and losers, losers will lose their mind. I understand. Uh, but here we go. There will be blood. The shining, the original Halloween, a cabin in the woods. And this is the, the upset special. I thought a lot about this. I, I, and, and I had to put this in my top five. Uh, RoboCop. Oh, my God, I'm Denny. Robo, I'm putting RoboCop. Listen, look, RoboCop. I just have just a quick defense. Quick defense here. There is, okay? What is the defense for this? Okay. The social commentary in RoboCop is off the freaking charts. Okay. Uh, if you if you really wa- watch watch carefully, maybe if you don't even watch carefully, okay, it has biting critiques of the following: the military industrial complex, the destructive nature of capitalism, profit driven media, and the militiz- militizer- militarization of police. Okay, so what 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 movie? And and on top of all that, it's cheesy, it's campy, and the kills are tremendous. So that's RoboCop's in my top five. We would we would never watch movies together. Oh, no, I I there's like three percent of humans that will watch movies with me. Um, thankfully I I do have a friend Marielle who who watches. But you them just with you me, just that, you just like bad movies. Yeah, I don't I don't particularly love good movies. No. You don't like it, although we can we can agree that that thing you do is a fantastic movie. Well, it goes without saying, and I want to say that. I plan this weekend to watch a uh, a werewolf movie that Tom Everett Scott was in in the in the late '90s. Uh, it was called a, I think it was called American Werewolf in Paris, <laughs> and I I for some reason have not seen that, and I need to see it. So I'm going to watch it. I suggest the LTS faithful go and watch it too, and we can we can talk. About also, it. regarding Tom, two things about Tom. Okay. The first one, this is Tom Everett Scott. We're talking about our, our buddy, our, our, our Hollywood link to living the stream. But 
the first thing with Tom, the show I'm sorry that he's doing on True TV is phenomenally funny. I watched mm-hmm. the pilot last night with my wife. I'd already watched it, but I watched it with her. Very, very funny stuff. The other thing, Denny, we need to figure out what the hell we're doing with this with this year's league. Yeah. We really need to. So uh, I, I'm, I'm proposing this. Let's see if you agree. I don't think we need to go through applications again like we did last year. Look, guys, I'm sorry, but if you made the league last year, you should feel very, very special because we're never going to go through that kind of process again. It was incredibly, incredibly time-consuming. But it was. but I think that we need people to just send us their best tweet. Like, it can be about... And, and all you need to do is put put the words LTS in all caps at the beginning of your tweet so that we know that it's the submission for the league and then make us laugh. Just make mm-hmm. ma- it could be it could be a photoshop, it could be uh something yeah. that pertains to the the podcast that's just like a, a memory that you have of the show or something, but just make it funny, we'll retweet it, we'll do I mean we'll probably retweet like all of them, but We'll choose then some uh, some of those tweets and people to be on the show. And I'll be honest, we're going to skew towards people who we recognize the handles and we know that you've been listening to the show for a long time because you deserve to be in the league. But yeah. I think that's the way that we should do it. Do you agree? I I, I love I love that idea. Let's let's go with that. Okay. And then we'll, we'll I, obviously I also, have Tom again in the league, and then we'll have Nicola who won the league last year. Yeah. So there will be eight eight spots, right? Or no, we're doing ten. Yeah, there'll be ten spots because we'll do another another fourteen teamer. Yeah, so just to confirm, the movie is called An American Werewolf in Paris. And by the way, I watched the trailer, and there are some fantastic clips of Tom uh, um, doing uh, funny things uh, in out of context, uh, including one where he does this fake um, uh, wolf howl. <laughs> yes. Where he's like, oh, oh, oh. Is it, is it on YouTube? And and yeah, and I, I'm gonna I think I have to like make like a clip of that and then just post it every Sunday like when Mike Evans scores for the second time. <laughs> yes, yes, it needs to be a thing. <laughs> it absolutely needs to be a thing. Oh, that's amazing. Uh next one is from at subverting power. He says eating habit changes in the off season. <laughs> what are we athletes? <laughs> Yeah, but are you? I will say that I'm probably healthier in the off season than I am in season because it's a lot easier to be. Like I, I, I will undoubtedly work out more in the off season than in season because I just have more time. Well, yeah, I guess. But eating habits, eating habits aren't necessarily. I don't really change my eating habits that much. Yeah, I mean the the thing with eating habits is, it, I mean for me it's dictated by what I buy at the grocery store. So if I never buy the bad stuff at the grocery store, then my eating habits won't change. Yeah, is that? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Is that fair? I don't know. I mean, I, that that's. I mean, sometimes I'm mad that I don't have any junk food in the house, but then I'm like, oh well, probably that that's for the best that I had a, a few almonds instead of you know, like a half a bag of chips. Although I will say too, I probably get fewer empty calories during the season because I'm not, I'm not like doing as many things on the weekend and stuff, Yeah. you know? So maybe, maybe it's a wash and that I'm just staying the same because I'm not drinking a lot of beer and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, does my, does my drinking change during the season? Oh man. Hard to say. Hard to say. Yeah. (laughs) Next one at Swaggy Dad Runner. What are some late dart throws you guys have been liking at the end of at the end of MFL tens? I remember you liked Pryor, Tyrell, and Crowder last year. Oh, 
Well, look at that. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we loved those guys last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I keep going back to Ted Ginn. I love Ted Ginn this year. I think he's a really, really good uh, later round target. Um, I, I mean, I've kind of been talked. I, excuse me for this egregious sin, but I've been talked into just taking Tavon Austin with my last pick Ooh. of best balls. And, and I know this sounds ludicrous because I hate uh, not not him as a person, but as a player, he's quite terrible. Um, but that like the the opportunity and and there you know in that offense with that great quarterback of his. Uh, yeah, I mean, how can you say just, no to to Tavon Austin and yeah, with, with I don't know. I, I mean, he had. I understand. I understand that he had what could possibly be the worst 100 target season in the history of the league. Right. Is that, that's what you, that's what you wrote. I believe it was, well, I mean, he's, he, I, he was very, very bad. I don't know. It was like, it was basically one of the worst seasons that we've ever seen. And the, the, the thing that's crazy about Tavon Austin, his air yards pro his air yards per catch was about two and a half times smaller than what Kenny Britt had in that same yeah. offense. And Kenny Britt was only like 0.4 yards per, per catch. And uh, from a yards after the catch standpoint, from Tavon Austin. So basically like Tavon Austin's catching yeah. all these balls next to the line of scrimmage. He's basically doing the exact same thing after the catch as what Kenny Britt was doing, but Kenny Britt's also the goat. So, you know, he's, he's very good. I, people, the, the haters and losers don't like Kenny Britt. I, I, I also think just to throw it out there, I, you know, I, I like Aaron Jones a lot as just like a, whatever kind of dart throw um, in, in green Bay. I think he's the better prospect than Jamal Williams and you're getting him for nothing. I'm honestly not that against drafting like a guy like Ryan Matthews because yes. there's there are situations that are that are pretty questionable right now. So my my take on like the Ezekiel Elliott thing, I think I may may have mentioned this last week, but like if DMC or if Zeke rather is injured or wow, if he's suspended for uh-huh. a longer period of time, I think they bring in someone who's better than just a replacement level guy. Um maybe that's Ryan Matthews, who knows. But that's why I'm not totally into to just drafting Darren McFadden because I don't know if he would be the longer-term solution if there is like a six-game suspension. But if it's like a one- or two-game suspension, sure, he's probably going to be the guy. So that's why I think that a guy like Ryan Matthews uh, kind of makes sense because there are situations throughout the league where teams could use another running back, and we know that he's going to be cut uh, eventually once he passes that physical, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be out of the league. There are opportunities in backfields in, in across the league. Not, I mean, not not across as in, in, in every team, but uh, Ryan Matthews is free in auctions right now. He's, he's almost free in, in redraft. I mean, maybe sometimes he's not even being drafted. So I, i I'm like gobbling up Ryan Matthew uh, shares right now and, and just, just waiting, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think, I think it'll work out. I mean, maybe I'll, I'm totally wrong, but just as another late round flyer real quick, Will Will Fuller is going in yeah, the 14th, yeah, 15th round. He's he's going to see 100 targets. How, how, you know you can't argue you can't uh, argue too much with with that. Yeah, and he's a he's a big play guy, so that's better in best balls uh, best ball leagues too. But you know, closer to the season, you know, we're going to have value plays and stuff like that 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 we talk yeah. about on Twitter and whatnot. <clears throat> I did a sh- my my late round podcast. I did a value uh, article or a podcast talking about the top 10 underrated players in fantasy football. So you know, you can take all of that as well. It's just that the dart throws are a lot tougher to kind of nail, especially at this time of year. Um, Next one at sad Melander question. You're alone in your house naked and you hear someone break in. Do you take the time to put clothes on before you run away or no? 
uh, I've thought a lot about this question because uh, I think it's a very serious question. We're talking about public safety, okay? Yeah. Now, I think that the right strategic move, strategical, if you will, is to just get nuts and just go downstairs completely naked with like a baseball bat. Yeah. And you, I mean, cause that's, that's scary as hell. Right. 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 I mean, like this guy's so deranged and or on drugs that he's running around his house naked with a baseball bat. Right. That, that, that would scare the intruder more than, you know, if you put your basketball shorts on and, and come downstairs. Yeah. So, so get, get crazy. Yeah. I'm, I, I think you either, you have to go the extreme here on, in either direction. You either have to like, like put, multiple layers on and then go or or you have to be completely nude and just face the intruder straight up right i I don't think there's any in between you can't like you can't like put on a pair of boxers and go i I think i think uh you need to commit to one of these two things because that's just you know you're you're in the heat of the moment you you have to be decisive you can't be indecisive so while i agree denny i think that you know a metal baseball bat especially would be great uh if you played baseball back in the day i still have my bats so mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. that on hand in case something were to ever happen. Um, and, and I, I, you know, maybe sometimes too, if I'm, if I see an intruder coming in my, like towards my front door or something like that, I might just strip naked and then, <laughs> and then grab my baseball bat. That's right. That's what I'm talking about now. Okay. Right. I mean, this might be the call unless, unless you're like, you know, armed to the teeth, unless you have like, you know, a, a firearm under every part of uh, every table and couch in your, in your house, um, then, then getting naked might be your best defense, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a good call. This next one is from at and Dutton 13, Neil Dutton. He says, what week will Jason Witten's arms go dark pink this season? I'm going bold and saying week eight. So Chris Gimino, who works for Roto Grinders, he told me about his, the scale and he tweeted about it, uh, the scale of Jason Witten, how his, his arms get pinker as the season goes on. It's a, it's a really crazy phenomenon, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of guys, have you ever noticed that in the preseason, all like the players are like darker, they're tan and like they, you know, it's, it's just because cr- they were on vacation for, or, or they were out in the beating sun during training camp. Right. Yeah. No, look at the white dudes look great. In the, they in do. The, the white dudes look great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But, and even Jason Witten, I mean, the, the, the fair skinned yeah. SPF 90 Jason Witten looks good in, mm-hmm. in August. But then once mm-hmm. November hits, I mean, his skin looks like it's about to, it, it looks like an 80 year old grandma. It's about to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A rest in peace, grandma, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> the, but he, well, him and, uh, Tom Coughlin, I mean, Tom Coughlin's face by mid December was, I mean, it was like, it was like borderline disturbing, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you just wanted to like, like slather Vaseline on it. Like Tom, you need something. You need some sort of protection from the wind and everything. And your old skin, it's not, it's not, this is not good for you. Right. Right. He's got the, like, and, and like, you know, older guys who are, especially if they're like skinnier, like they get like they're, it's not, they don't have any substance in their cheeks. So it's just skin. That's just like flopping around, but then it gets like harder because he's out in the cold. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah. he looks, he looks like legitimate death. Horrifying. It really, it's, it, it, um, as a kid watching Tom Coughlin, I used to ask my dad, like, is he is he like medically okay? <laughs> right. You know? And my dad would be like, I, I don't know, I guess, maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of the the grandma thing, I just have to tell you tell you this uh, real 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 quick. I go to this Greek restaurant down the street, right? Um, it's called Big Greek Cafe. I love it. Very good food. Love Greek food. <clears throat> but their slogan, their slogan in big white letters is um, just like Yaya used to make, and Yaya is Greek for grandmother, mm-hmm. right? And so I, you know, I noticed it the first couple times, but then I really focused on that slogan, and I'm thinking. Just like Yaya used to make. So Yaya's dead. <laughs> is that what, you know, rest in peace, Yaya. Yeah. This is, this you, is should, you, should, I, you should spray paint that underneath. It just said R.I.P. Yaya. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it, it, I get what they're going for. Like, like this reminds, this food reminds me of what my grandmother used to make me when I was a kid. But, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe grandma's alive. Give her, give her some, give her a break. Anyway, let's go to the next question. Next question. At Deck 89 I'm assuming it's December 89 Maybe his name's Joe. Maybe he was born in December of 89. And if that's the case, you too are a millennial. He says, I'm getting married in two months. So yeah, probably a millennial. He says, what's your best advice for dealing with everything leading up to the wedding? A lot of, um, lot of silence here for a reason. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't handle anything going up, going up to the wedding. Um, Did you, I had that period of like, you know, you get the venue and you get the guest list, you send out invites and then you have a period where, I mean, my wife was probably doing something during this time, but like I didn't do shit. And then all of a sudden it's like two weeks before the wedding. And then you have like the small stuff that you just got to get together. And, and, and I, I mean, my wife took care of so much of it. She, so like Amanda wasn't like a, like a bridezilla. Like I need crazy, crazy details. Like I need, you know, I've been planning this wedding since I was six years old kind of bride, which was very, very nice from my perspective. But at the same mm-hmm. time, um, you know, she was, she was the one who handled all of that stuff. So my advice to you, Joe is, to literally listen to everything that your wife says and be proactive and do things before, you know, have her maybe send you a list of things that you just need to accomplish to, to help her out because I'm sure that she's taking care of, taking care of most of it. You know, that's just how gender, that's just how it it works. I'm not, you know, maybe your relationship is different, but if that's the case, just be proactive and get things done so that she feels comfortable because she will inevitably have a pseudo freak out, not because she's marrying you, Joe. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that it's a big event and it's a big event, mm-hmm. especially for brides. Right. Uh, that's great advice uh, to be proactive. I would also say roll with the punches if you can. Uh, don't. Um, the biggest mistakes I ever saw from from guys getting married was when they took ridiculous stands. Yeah, okay? right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like when they like drew just stupid lines in the sand and was like, "No, I'm not doing this for my wedding." You're no, you're you're being a moron. Right. Just but just just go with it. Just go go with the flow. Relax. I'm sure that your fiance wants it to be as as good an experience as possible. Um so don't you know, you know, don't be, don't be dumb. You're not going to, you're not going to remember those details after your wedding or during, or during your wedding. Like you're not going to experience it. You're just going to experience a a lot of friends, food, alcohol, and, and dancing and then dad dancing, specifically dad dancing. Lots of, lots of dad dancing. Uh, and, uh, you, you will, it will be a surreal uh, moment because it's one of the only times in your life when 
all parts of your life, yes. people from all parts of your life are combined. It's a, it's the most, uh, it's the closest you can come to having a dream, to living in a dream. Because you know, in dreams, when like your third grade teacher will be talking <laughs> with your coworker, and you're like, wait, how the hell do you know each other? Right. Oh wait, I must be dreaming. And the, uh, but that, but that's what it's like. It's like, oh, you know, like my aunt is talking to, you know, my wife's grandmother, like, and they've never right. been in the same room before. Right. And cool. so. Just enjoy that part. Focus on that part, and uh, don't no lines in the sand. Totally That's agree. Nice. Totally agree. Uh, this next question is from at MJ Overbay. If you can't have one of the big three running backs, what's your PPR strategy? Who's your favorite non-big three running back in PPR? Well, I mean, this must be assuming no suspension for Zeke. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To to me though, so the way that I would handle Zeke right now is I'm taking the big three wide receivers over him. So that's OBJ, Julio, and Antonio Brown, as well as David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and then I'd be okay with Zeke, I guess. But my my fourth running back though is Lashawn McCoy. I think that he comes next in line. Would you? Is that is that where you're at? Yes. Yeah. I, I right now. Um. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. I guess it's how much you read into it. Right now, if I'm drafting, I'm taking McCoy over Zeke. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, and, and AJ Green probably. Oh, okay, okay. This next one is at AJ Depot twelve. That's interesting because you just mentioned AJ Green. Are you buying <laughs> Martellus at his ADP this year? Uh, yeah. What, what do you think on that? Um, I don't know how necessary it is because I think that his ADP is higher than I initially thought that it was going to be. But I guess I should have expected that because he's in Aaron Rodgers' offense. My fear is that there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Uh, I don't know how much volume he's really going to see. You know, I'd rather just take the discount and just draft Eric Ebron later because I think Eric Ebron is this year's Travis Kelsey, Tyler Eifert, you know, Jordan Reed type breakout tight end. So to me, I'm not really drafting Martellus at his ADP. I can understand why you would. I don't think he's a terrible pick. I just like using that equity on running backs and wide receivers and then getting tight ends later. Uh, agree. I'm going to try to boil it down. I wrote a lot about uh, Martellus Bennett at, at, in the Packers offense uh, for the fake football. If you guys want to check it out, when I when I pushed back against his rising ADP, he's gone from the late seventh to the early seventh over the past month or so, um, month and a half. I my main concern is that the tight end in that offense. Um, is is never very high in the pecking order of pass catchers. I think that's what you were you were yeah, getting yeah. at. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and this was even you know this even applies to when Jermichael Finley was part of that offense. And I I know that Finley is now remembered as you know the guy who suffered this horrible concussion and the guy who had problems with dropping the ball uh, later in his career. But at one point, I think we should remember. He was considered like the uh, like uh, an elite up and coming tight end in the league. Like he was like Gronkish before Gronk, really. Right. Um, uh, so um, and they and they didn't force feed him the ball. Okay. He saw you know I forget what the numbers were right now, but like ninety ish targets. So maybe Bennett can repeat that crazy touchdown rate that he had last year with Tom Brady. You know I, I'm not discounting that completely. Um, but, uh, you're, I think you're buying him near his, um, you know, near his ceiling. The, the, the opposite viewpoint, the thing that people kept throwing at me was that, well, Bennett is good. And so Rogers will target him more. I don't know if that's a good argument though. I don't know if that's the way to evaluate the situation. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, this next one is from at 
Cedar 15 JJ's N64 takes are worse than Denny's food takes. Discuss. Wow. That's not wow. that's not even true. Well, it's your one. What's your what's your my one? one take? My one is that Perfect Dark is is a better version of Goldeneye, which is true. It's right, it's not unlike how Pittsburgh is a better version of Cincinnati. Whew. I mean, it's just look. I'm 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 just speaking truth here. It's it's just it's just what it is. Like game develop. It's the same. It's the same game developer. They took the same platform as Goldeneye. They enhanced it. They put they put bots in there. Anyone who played Perfect Dark. Tell me a worse time that you had ever in your life than playing against eight meat sims and throwing proximity and remote mines all over the complex. If anyone remembers that, hit me up. We can talk about that on Twitter for hours because it's literally the greatest thing on earth. You didn't have bots and computers to play against in Goldeneye. But hey, your friends were out of town. They weren't available. They were grounded. You could play against the computer in Perfect Dark. You couldn't do that in Goldeneye. Like, don't give me this... Perfect Dark was amazing. It was so ahead of its time. My N64 takes are good. Denny's food takes are objectively terrible. <laughs> you forgot one scenario in that uh, bot thing is, uh, you know, you said uh, if your friends are uh, gone or on vacation or grounded uh, or if you have no friends. That was another <laughs> yeah, thing. That was really what right. I was getting at there. It was really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from at Adrian underscore Charlie. Denny, when you step up to the plate at the softball game, do the outfielders move in or move back for you? And do you wear batting gloves? This is a great question. I'm very happy to talk about this. First of all, I've worn the same single batting glove for six years, I believe. Six seasons, okay? It's it's coming apart at the seams, literally. But I refuse to buy a new one. I only wear one on my right hand. I know that's weird. I'm a, I'm a righty, by the way. Uh, I wear one batting glove. So that's out of the way. Secondly... I um, trained myself years and years ago to hit um, basically line drives to right field, okay, because I wasn't skying it over anybody's head, and I just wanted to get hit singles and doubles, get on base, score runs. You're, you're, okay? like, you're, like, like, you're like Tony Gwynn. Yeah, I mean, I, I just looked for the spot in center field or right field and put the ball there. And so I got I got pretty good at that. The thing is, once you do that, especially if you slice one down the right field line and it hits in fair territory and then spins out, they that drives them nuts. So they put the shift on me, like mm. big, like they, like they'll move the right fielder to the line. So they'll, they'll move the right center wait, fielder. Wait, 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 wait. They, they put an oppo shift on you. A major shift. They they bring the shortstop around to stand behind second so they, base. So 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 that's literally the opposite of how actual teams shift at the at the at the MLB level where they because they shift for yeah. for power right. So they'll shift yeah. guys left. They're literally for a righty. They're literally yeah. they're literally shifting for for because you're an oppo guy because and you hit it to the that, opposite field. Yes, and, and <laughs> it drives them. It, it, but but if you, if you land two or three in a row. They get so aggravated that they shift. And when they shift, I then just kind of dink and dunk it down the le- in, in, into left field because left field is empty, is basically completely empty. Wow. And so that's 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 what I try. I'm not always successful, but that's that's the game. Plan. The oppo shift. It's amazing. It's it's one of the this is one of the most fascinating baseball. Yeah. I mean, I played baseball throughout, you know, I played it in high school and stuff. I, I'm very, very into baseball, and I've never experienced an oppo shift like where yeah, oh. because because I mean you just you know you shift because of power because you're getting you're getting hold of it early yeah. and but this is amazing that uh, I but they but they can see 
uh, so I I, te- I tend to I close my stance uh, so that so that it's easier to go to right. And I sort of had the, this inside-out swing that, that that pushes the ball that way. Yeah. Uh, and and they and but sometimes they outsmart themselves. I don't know. That's unbelievable. That's one of my favorite things that you've ever talked about on here. <laughs> this next one is at Camp Jones. Tyreek, don't call me Reek Hill. Should keep him for my tenth round spot or go with Gillisley, Fat. I'm not Fat. Rob Kelly or Devonte Adams. Definitely, definitely, definitely not Rob Kelly. If you want to know why, I ranted about it on the late round podcast today. But so you're looking at Tyreek Hill, Mike Gillisley, Devontae Adams. Who are you who are you taking? It, wait, in the tenth? Yeah, I mean they're all the tenth. It's just a keeper. Oh, 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 oh. So it's um, it's Gillisley, Adams. And Tyreek. Who else? Tyreek Ty- and Tyreek. Gillisley, Adams, and oh I think I, I guess Gillisley, I guess. Would you take Gillisley? I think I would probably take Adams. It's close. I, mean, I, I don't think I, I don't know. I love, I mean, I'm on team Gillisley. I think that's a very, very close call. Though. Yeah. I, if you don't have to make your keeper decision tomorrow, maybe just wait out and just see more reports coming out with regards to uh, Mike Gillisley being the guy in that backfield and Tyreek Hill and his workload in, in Kansas city. I mean, I'm just, I'm just highly, I mean, you know, with Adams, like Adams didn't have a thousand yards last year. No, you're year, right. You're he, right. There's, there's definitely like a top. Re- yeah. There's, 13 receiver I, if, if i saw gillis lee in the 10th i would fall out of my chair that's what i, I guess yeah that's what but I'm if thinking. you're drafting in a league t- tomorrow are you taking mike gillis lee over Devonte adams or tyree kill i see i see yeah i mean that's where that's what it comes down to so to me you know i'd probably lean adams just because of the offense that he's in but i can understand the other two choices as well this next one at jason brown 312 with the new discovery of date reference twitter Will this be the first time since the first Obama administration that one of you deletes your account? I, I, I don't know. I just need to tell this story. I, I need to like, yeah. like, you know, Denny specifically knows that I avoid political discourse on Twitter at almost all mm. costs. The only time that I really talk politics at all is anytime there's an LGBT type topic that I'm fairly passionate about. But on the late round podcast, I talked about how the Saints have not thrown for fewer than 600 passing attempts in a season since Obama's first year in office. And I kid you not, guys, I kid you not. Someone came at me on Twitter and said, great podcast, except you shouldn't have mentioned Obama with a bunch of like... He said you, you, you had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you, but, but you had to mention Obama with a bunch of like the, the emojis with the line as, their, as the smile or as the mouth. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like... Like, I don't care what your political affiliation is. I, I legitimately do not care. You believe in what you believe in. I believe in what I believe in. We're all human beings, and I love you. The fact that someone took that as anything that was politically driven is mind-blowing, and it makes me sad for humanity. Like, it, 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 it's, it's just such a perfect example of what's going yeah. on right now. Yeah, it's deranged. It is... It, what you did is a perfectly normal measurement of time. It is a reference points to which we can all draw back you know yeah right uh like i think i said last on the last podcast that i haven't looked another woman in the eye since the second clinton administration right right okay so this is funny because it's been a long time since bill clinton was president same with what you're saying it has been a long time since obama was first in the white house so this i mean you know 
I, no fan of George Bush, but I would reference, you know, the second Bush administration as the last time I did so-and-so. Right. It just, this is the way people talk. It has nothing to do with, and, and then the, the worst part, the worst part is this guy comes back at me. So I asked for feedback on the podcast that I just did that published today because I did it in a little bit of a different format. And that format is going to be similar to what I'm doing throughout the season because I'm more focused on what's going on this season and not so much the evergreen stuff. So I asked for feedback and he's like, well, you asked for feedback and I'm giving you that feedback. Clearly you can't take the feedback. And I'm sitting there like, dude, have you ever read my timeline? I make fun of myself for selecting Nick Foles in week three on as a streamer <laughs> from like three freaking years ago. And like, like, don't, don't give me this garbage. I can't, I, I, I'm not listening to feedback like that because it's not real feedback. And then the guy, and then the guy comes back and he sends me a meme of Donald Trump that says "triggered," and I'm like, I know. I'm like, I saw that. Yeah, this is this is what's happening. Like, I'm the one who's getting in political discussions right now when literally nothing yeah. I ever said was political. He was so triggered that he was so triggered by the mention of a former president's <laughs> name. Right. That he started tweeting about it. So who's triggered? Right. Who's triggered? Right. It's unbelievable. And guys, I am not sitting here right now saying, stop being Democrat, stop being Republican, stop believing in what you're believing. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm literally saying, stop this. This is so stupid. Yeah. It's so yeah. stupid. Like, we're better it than is. this. We're, it's just, it's an unbelievable, unreal conversation that I never thought that I would ever have to have. It's it's as yeah. It's not like you were like you know uh, you know the last time Drew Brees threw for so and so yards the you know uh, workers of the world should have seized all private property. <laughs> right, like, I mean, right, like, exactly. You, you didn't. Relax. Well, I tweeted. I tweeted then every re every time reference that I make now on the show. I'm just going to relate it back to the release date of Rebecca Black's Friday. <laughs> Just to have, just yeah. to have, like, is that something that's, 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 that everyone would understand and that no one would be triggered, but you know, that someone's going to come at me and be like, you know what? I broke up with my girlfriend when that day uh, on that date and you need to stop yeah. referencing that. It's like, you know, really? Yeah. My wife left me on that date. I'm very offended. Right. Anyway, I had to get that out. That felt really good. Thank you for listening, Danny. Good. Good. Uh, this next one is at Craig WR3. How can JJ add some humor to the late round pod? I think he needs you, Denny. He's all business doing his job. First off, okay. First off, first off, this is going to, now I'm triggered. <laughs> you want to see triggered. You want to see triggered. I'm triggered now. Okay. I throw in dad jokes in the podcast, guys. I throw some dad jokes in there. But the point of that show is to be more direct, make it concise, make it short. But I try to make it entertaining by, you yeah. know, and throwing random jokes in there and talking about like the stuff that I do on here, this forum though, for us, number one, it's a lot easier to be yourself when you're talking to somebody, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a lot easier for me to just rift with you and just like mm -hmm. say stupid stuff because we do it all the time. But when you're alone and you're just talking about player analysis and going through draft strategy and stuff like that, I try to throw humor in there. It's just not mm -hmm. going to be even remotely on this level because I don't have someone I'm talking to. And granted, Denny is a very, very funny person and I can talk to him for days about stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that that, I didn't think that was the point of your podcast was to like, like be jokey. I, I really, it's an, it's an incredibly informative, um, information packed 
25 what is it usually yeah i mean it's minutes? like i mean i do some 15 some 15 25 some 30 no they're they're not long though yeah. and like that's and, you know i'm not gonna go on this like sure sometimes i'm going to go on like random topics and talk, and i have in the past but at the same time yeah. i don't think that's why people are necessarily listening to it and i'm trying to be cognizant no. of that no exact that's exactly right i think you have the formula uh correct I also think that it's a lot harder than people realize to be funny by yourself. You know, the, the whole thing about like get get me get Denny a podcast. Um, I, guys, I, it would not be funny. I <laughs> I would not be able to to do funny things just talking to myself. Um, uh, the I guess I can do some funny stuff on Periscope because it's visual, but um, and I can just stare at you through Periscope and people think that's funny <laughs> for some reason. But but uh, but it's very hard. I JJ, I think you do a good job of of adding just enough levity, um, you know, to into into your show to make it so that it's not like robotic. Yeah, you know? right. That and that's the point. I'm not necessarily like I, I, I mean, I don't even come. I mean, we don't come to this podcast prepared with jokes. We just start talking. No, we don't. But but like at the same time with the the late round podcast, I'm going from the perspective of. I'm trying to take maybe somewhat complex ideas in fantasy football. They're not like it's look, I'm not like curing cancer. I'm just saying like maybe somewhat complex ideas that most people don't think about in fantasy football. I'm trying to dumb them down and give you it from a perspective of just a dude and just a, a guy who's analyzing this stuff and does this for a living. And and that's really what it comes down to. And at times I'm going to throw dad jokes in there, but thanks for triggering me, bud. His name's actually <laughs> bud on Twitter, but it's maybe, maybe <laughs> Craig. Thanks, bud. Sure. Really appreciate it. Next one, at old underscore man underscore Marley. Why do people still qualify predictions with if healthy? Shouldn't that be a given by now? I thought that was kind of an interesting question. I I, I guess I guess uh, you do that because you're anticipating the pushback. That's exactly it. That's exactly uh, it. You know, like if you're like, I like Stefan Diggs because he, was, he did this and this and this and he might do this. And... The first tweet you always get is, dude, he's always hurt. Yeah, exactly. And that that's that's the bottom line is that you're doing that to prevent people from saying, you know, like I was tweeting about Keenan Allen earlier today. I had to say things about and put those caveats in there because there's some dick out there who's going to come back and be like, yeah, well, he's never healthy. It's like, okay, I, I know that. <laughs> That was a good voice. I know. Oh, I know that he's never healthy. I get it. Okay. Uh, it, by the way, uh, it was um, disturbing to see Keenan Allen's Twitter almost burn down your house <laughs> they did today. today. My God. My Man, God. they they're vicious. They really are. Uh, next one at Going Deep Pod. He's, uh, they say, "Do you cut your hamburger in half before you eat it?" I mean, I'm not a psychopath, so no. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. People who cut their hamburgers in half, you you step away. They they are worse than people who eat whole grain bagels without anything on them. Right, right, That's right. A, What's the point? What's the point of of cut? Do you know? I I, mean, I does... guess to like make it easier to consume. I I don't know. I I don't. I if, if someone cuts their hamburgers in half, please uh -huh. at us and let us know why the hell you're doing that. Wait, is this listener nine years old? <laughs> right, right. Is that are you splitting it in half because you can't consume a whole hamburger? Is that can I all? I as I've gotten older, I've I've ordered fewer hamburgers at like restaurants, and, and they kind of yeah. make me sick now. Like when yeah. when I eat a lot of hamburger, it just makes me feel bad. 
Oh no, yeah, definitely. Uh, I I don't eat much red meat at all lately, and that's not like a thing, like a concerted effort. It's just because it makes me feel like shit. I don't know. Yeah, it makes me feel really bad too. Now I'm glad that that we're on the same page there. Uh, next one at Shunter eighty <laughs> six. I don't know why Shunter made me. I, I just made me laugh. <laughs> Is there any standalone value in Burkhead or only part of a Pat's running back stack? Can, can, can we, can we like, like, I, I, I've been triggered ever since Bud's question. <laughs> Bud, Bud, Bud has triggered me. Uh, but can we like not do this stack the the backfield thing? Like, I, I oh don't, I don't get it. It's not. It's happening. I, I talked about the Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman thing on a, in an earlier podcast I did on the late round podcast. It's just, it's not a, it's not a ceiling play. It's not even like a, it's not even like a floor play because a lot of times backfields will be split. So like if you're just gobbling up everyone in the Patriots backfield, sure, someone might emerge, but the probability of that someone emerging that you drafted late in Rex Burkhead is a lot smaller than it just being Mike Gillisley. So if I were doing this, if I were approaching this, I would, sure, draft Rex Burkhead. Like he could become the guy, I I guess. I I think it's going to be Mike Gillisley. But draft him without Mike Gillisley. Just yeah. draft Rex Burkhead. Right. Right? Like, right. don't gobble up the entire backfield. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you're just, you're just like uh, cutting out all the depth that you could have on your team if, if you're ending up. I mean, I'm sure that there are people who are going to have on the same team now, okay, on one fantasy team, you're going to have guys, people who will draft uh, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, okay? You'll, you'll, then you'll have, Peterson, uh, Ingram, right. and maybe even who I was told the other day, Kamara is going to catch fifty or sixty passes right, this year. Right, right, uh, and, and so that that's amazing uh, that uh, you're going to have uh, thousands of fantasy points to go around in the New Orleans backfield, apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, so get them all, get them all. But yeah, I mean, so you're going to have these benches just full of people from the same freaking backfield. It doesn't make a ton of sense yeah right like there's opportunity cost in holding on to players that aren't doing anything i keep going back to the just the notion of inventory right like if you have a warehouse inventory sitting in that warehouse costs you money that's that's money and you're yeah, you, it, yeah. and it's not and it's, it's costing you and that's the exact same thing as a dude sitting on your bench that's doing absolutely nothing from a fantasy perspective two more questions this one's from at diego 24 fps if you could guarantee 16 weeks of production from any player this year who would it be Mm. I like that question. I I would go with Stefan Diggs. Okay. I like Diggs. I think I would go with Jordan Reed. Okay. Because Reed can't stay healthy, but his pace when healthy is is basically Gronk. So it's Gronkian, yeah. 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 So I think he would be my dude. Last question yeah. at Clark3179. You guys are so good looking. Why don't you ever do Facebook live shows? <laughs> That's literally the question. That's the question. That's very nice. I thank you. Uh we should we do that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I do Facebook lives for Number Fire when I I do Q and A's like four times a week during football season. But Denny, the 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 problem is like if Denny and I were in the same room, I feel like we yeah. could do like some really cool like video cast stuff. Like basically, what I'm saying is, guys, you need to get Denny to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh God, don't don't tempt me, man. And then, and then that way we would have the podcast, same room. We can do it in my office. It gets a little hot in here, though. Sometimes my air vents aren't working very well. But well, I would, just, I would just take off my shirt. Right. I mean, then we, we would be, we would be prepared then for an intruder. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
month we could chase him away. Right, right. We're um, ready for it. So can I? Can my? Can my family loop, move into your house? You have extra bedrooms. Yeah, I do have. I do have some extra bedrooms. Yeah, they can. They can. Uh, they can come move in with us. Living in the okay, it's a great can, lifestyle here take, in Charlotte. Yeah, you could take care of the baby, and it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be great. All right, that does it for the questions, guys, and this week's episode. Denny, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, it's at uh, cdcarter13 on the Twitters. And uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com, the company uh, owned by me and Steve Smith Sr. <laughs> uh, and I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB. You can find all my work over on numberfire.com. And also I have another podcast called the late round podcast, uh, do a mailbag episode that'll drop on Friday. I'm actually recording it on Thursday because I am leaving for that bachelor party on Friday. So I'm playing a little trick on you guys where I'm like posting it on Friday and you guys think that I recorded it on Friday, but I really didn't. I've been doing uh, that. Now it's not a trick. Yeah, I've been doing that. I did that actually when I was going to Maine too. I, I recorded it on Tuesday and, and I had Jim Sonis and number fire posted on Friday. Wow, you yeah. trickster. Yeah. You you're a, you're a scoundrel. Tricking everyone. All right guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check